And we are back, folks. Hello. Good to see you. Glad you're here. Welcome back to the We Didn't Peak podcast. I am your fabulously talented host, Chance Nichols, and I am back in LA. I was in Chicago there for like a week, and I'm recording this episode from my little home in North Hollywood, California. He lives in California, folks. What more do you need to say? I didn't. I've been dropping into a Trump impression a lot lately. It's not very good. It you know it's better than most. I was in Chicago for a bit. I loved it there. This episode, the interview in this episode was re- <laughs> the interview in this episode. Oh my god, I'm from Sweden. I think that's Swedish. I don't fucking know. Uh, this episode's interview was recorded in Chicago. Very excited to get into that. But first. There, I think they fixed the problem. Now, I do think that the problem has been fixed as of this recording. But did y'all see that boat that was just, it was just sideways in that canal hurting all of my money? I think that's all it was doing. From what I, from how it's been explained to me is that a boat went sideways in a canal, and now I'm going to lose $10 billion dollars. And I would say that that's not ideal, but what can you do? I, I guess we, it's 2021, we can't, you know, have reliable Wi-Fi that doesn't go down for an entire day and the support team has no answers for you. We also can't figure out how to uh, turn a boat the right way. You know, maybe we're not so different from our chimpanzee ancestors. I don't know. Whatever. But it, it, I think the boat in the Suez Canal, it's it's been moved. Everything is back to normal over there, and and and, and God love those people. Honestly, God love them. Uh, what else has been going on? I would love to share with you folks this. Do you watch Master Chef? Does anybody out there watch the show Master Chef? We are rewatching it right now as a household, and we just finished season. Four. Four, I think. Yes, season four. And uh, Courtney, well, I don't want to spoil. Well, spoiler alert, fuck it. It's like 10 years old. Courtney won. She wasn't my pick. I picked, we we do this thing at our house where we try to pick in the first episode who we think is going to win. And in season one, Ricky was right. He picked the winner in season one. None of us got season two right. One of the best seasons, though, season two with Christine. Uh, she's fucking cool. Uh, and then season three, I got right. I call her. Was it season three? Did we? Do? Yeah, season three was. Uh, I called Luca in the first episode, and and wouldn't you know it, he won. Um, yeah, and and we were all well. I was wrong for season four, but I will say the person that I picked. Elizabeth, she made it to the top two. So I have back-to-back now picked at least the two finalists, one of them winning, one of them getting second place. So whatever that means to you. MasterChef is so fun to me because I have to think, think, what do they, do they all just live in a hotel while they're shooting this? Like, is is there a dorm situation? Because like on Hell's Kitchen, there's a dorm that they go back to and you see all the drama in the dorm, we've been really getting into cooking shows, and it's a nightmare, if I'm being quite honest. It's a kitchen nightmare with Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> this is why you tune in. This is why you tune in, for little moments like this. It's 
cooking shows are fun. I think I got in really into cooking shows uh, because I was cooking a lot this past year, more so than I than I had been, because I had suddenly had a lot of free time in the house on my hands, with the grocery store being the only social thing to go do. So that begat that. And that's been fun. I watched the Snyder Cut. What I've been watching? I watched the Snyder Cut on HBO Max. Had to do it in two settings. Tried to do it in one. Passed out right about in the middle. And then had to go back and finish. It's a fun movie. I liked watching it. That's about it. That That's that's something that me and another shout out for uh, Mr. Doyle, Caleb Doyle, we, we talk about all the time. Is you get these fucking dorks that are all like... Oh well, the um, you see the the way that the cape was shaped in in, the, in this act of the film was reminiscent of a 1983 sm- uh, small batch storyline in which the character. It's like I don't. I'm a nerd with all this stuff too, but I'm also somebody who can just watch a fucking movie and be like, that was fu- That was a fun time. I enjoyed watching that movie. I I would rather have been watching that movie than not watching that movie in the two hours that I watched it, or in the case of the Snyder Cut, over four hours. Yikes! Long movie! But it was fun. It was interesting to see the differences between the weird Frankenstein, Joss Whedon, ew, Zack Snyder, aw, and Warner Brothers Studio Notes, yikes, cut that came out in theaters a few years ago. But... And the differences with with that and, and some of the like it just looked different. Like the filters and the coloration and, and everything. It was it was weird. I don't know. I enjoyed it. That's sort of what I've been up to. Uh we do a lot of watching of things these days, you know? And I'm looking for new stuff to watch, though. I'm looking for like a new, a, a great new series. I talked last week, I think. Yeah, last week I talked about Last Chance U. I love Last Chance U. I'm loving this basketball season. I finished it. Wow, very cool. Then I recently just started watching on IMDb TV because IMDb, the website for keeping track of who's been in what movie, decided they needed a, a streaming network. And I watched, they have uh, a doc series about the Sierra Canyon high school basketball team. And that's the one with like Dwayne Wade and LeBron James sons on it that was all over the news uh, there for a while. I'm sure they still in many ways are. And I'm in like, I'm like two episodes in and it's fine. Like it's good, but it's very, I'm very tired of, I'm already very tired of the, I'm in the shadow of my father like thing. Because of course that's true. Of course that's absolutely true. But you don't have to keep reminding us of it. You can, I would love for them to like show Bronny, that's LeBron's son, LeBron James Jr., Bronny, like show Bronny being goofy with his friends in a way that's not him being forced to sit there and reflect about how he's his father's son. You know what I mean? Like, he seems like a really interesting kid. He did like a dra- he like qu- quoted Dragon Ball Z in the first episode, and I was like, more of that. I want to hear this kid's opinion on GT. Is it canon? Is it not? Who knows? Who knows? Shout out LeBron James Jr. I hope you come on the show. Ah, I just took a sip of water for the working man. But that's uh, it's it's been fun. March Madness is you know it is what it is. Oh my fuck. You guys all need to watch on HBO Max if you have HBO Max. If you don't, well, I, I feel bad for your wallet. I guess you're I guess you're not a big baller. That's a 
It's another basketball-related series I watch on Facebook Watch called Ball in the Family uh, with the Ball the Ball Family. I think I might talk about it in this episode that I'm doing this intro for. In fact, two Ball in the Family references in one podcast, entirely independent of each other. I'm doing very well. Ball in the Family, it's about the Ball family, Lonzo Ball, uh, Lamelo Ball, Leangelo Ball, you know, the, the three brothers, and they're all basketball players. Their dad, LeVar, is a crazy man and a marketing genius and they 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 have this like shoe company called Big Baller Brand Shoes and they famously have terrible customer service and what they would do when people would complain on their website about the price because they were like super expensive shoes i think they still i think they still make them but crazy expensive like streetwear basketball style like shoes and People would like write in reviews about the price and the customer service team would just respond, I guess you're just not a big baller or I guess you're just a smaller baller. <laughs> so, so that's how I feel if you don't have HBO Max. I guess you're just a smaller baller. I don't know. I have to have it. I got to be able to watch The Sopranos. Oh, 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 Maron, The Sopranos. Oh, I watch it. I watch it. show. I, I make a Domenicati. I could do that. I'm Italian. And uh no. What was I saying? HBO Max. Sorry, I just swallowed my own mouth. <laughs> now he can't talk. Thank goodness. No. I was watching... Oh, it's on HBO Max. It's called... How the fuck? What is it called? Oh my god, I had it and I lost it. How To with John Wilson, I think is the name. Everyone stop what you're doing and go and watch that show. It, I don't even want to try to explain it because it's kind of hard to. You just have to watch it. It's called How To with John Wilson. It's produced by Nathan Fielder, the guy who made Nathan For You. If you like that sort of show, that sort of humor, my goodness, run, don't walk to, to check that shit out. It's so good. It'll blow your mind. It's, yeah, it's very good. It's like a, it's just a guy walking around getting B-roll of New York City and finding a story in it somewhere, somehow. It's It's very cool. Please watch it. Shout out to John Wilson. Maybe he'll come on the show. Uh, is there anything you guys want to talk about? Any? I know this is like sort of a, a rhetorical thing. You, I can't hear you. You can hear me if you're in your car, if you're at the gym, if you're walking around. Just blurt out a question like out loud. Or most of you who listen to the show have my phone number, I'm sure. Text me. Or, oh, that brings me to mind. Thank you guys so much for all of your uh, follows on the We Didn't Peak Instagram page. If you haven't liked it or liked it, I'm becoming an old fucking man. You don't like pages on Instagram. You follow them. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I have punished myself, and now we will move on. Uh, if you haven't followed it yet, please do. I would very much appreciate it. It's just at We Didn't Peak on Instagram. We are over 200 followers. After we hit 200, I ate a McDonald's burger in one bite. Probably going to do some more uh, bad for my body type stunts to try to drum up some marketing uh, momentum for this show. So be on the lookout for that. But yeah, the Instagram page, that's where I'm going to post like the the info on the new episodes, some behind the scenes stuff, maybe weird, like the videos of me, like eating the cheeseburger. It's going to be a good time. Please follow it at we didn't peak. And also please, if you're listening to this, crush the subscribe button on your podcast app so that you can stay up to date for when new episodes drop, they'll just automatically be loaded and you can listen to them at your leisure. Subscribe button helps, helps the show. It helps you listen to it. It's just a good time. 
we're trying to grow this thing from the ground up. And honestly, if you're listening to this show right now, you are a part of the foundation of what I hope for the show to become one day. And this is me getting very sincere. I'm about to, I'm about to cry. Um, when I started this show, I was just a poor farm boy from Missouri. No, I, uh, I keep saying no. I keep qualifying everything I'm saying with no. I'm going to get better at that. But for real, if, if you're listening right now, if you're supporting the show, following the Instagram, liking the posts, sharing it, hitting subscribe, downloading episodes, things like that, uh, rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, all that shit. Like, thank you so much. This is something I've always wanted to do. It's something that I want to eventually make me a millionaire. And let's do this together. It's a, it's, it's, it takes a village, and uh, y'all are my village. So let's do it. Another long intro. I think that's just going to be what this show is. Oh, boy. So let's get into the episode, the uh, actual interview meat of the episode, as we say. I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, the guest today is one of my very most favorite people in the world. I'm very glad I was able to get him on. I flew to Chicago, and he lives there. And so I was like, gotta have him on the show, because I say this in the episode, he is a he is an ambassador for silliness, and I love that so much in a person. We met at Second City in Chicago. I'm, of course, talking about the one, the wickedly talented Tyler Deloach. He is a very funny improviser, a very funny sketch comic, very, very talented singer and actor in the theater world and in the on-camera world. I'll give him that. Uh, I'll give him that. That sounds like an insult. You know what? It's fine. Tyler, I know you're, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe take an on-camera class is all I'm saying. (laughs) We joke, we joke, we joke. Uh, very funny dude, very talented dude. We get into uh, a lot of fun stuff about his past, sort of the performing world. We talk a little bit of sports. Uh, he's a fellow uh, sports fanatic, like I am. And yeah, it's all in all a very fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. And now, without further ado, please enjoy my chat with Tyler Deloach. Mwah. It is the cause. It is the cause, my soul. Let me not name it to you, you chaste stars. It is the cause. Yet I'll not shed her blood nor scar that whiter skin of hers than snow and smooth as monumental alabaster. Yet she must die, else she'll betray more men. Put out the light. And then put out the light. All right, well... (laughs) I think that's just about as good as it's going to get. All right. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that, Tyler. Uh, how are you doing today? How was work? Oh, work was work was dandy. Yeah, tell the folks where you work. <laughs> <laughs> I work at a fun little uh, attraction in River North of Chicago called the Friends Experience. Uh, it has a lot of Friends memorabilia, and people take pictures near it. That's awesome. It is. It's really cool. I was walking downtown and I saw so many friends shirts, so many masks that said pivot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know, that's it's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. I hate the show. I don't <laughs> I've never I've never really seen the show, but it, I know it brings a lot of people joy. Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the important thing. It brings people joy and people people uh, 
people are allowed to like things, uh, regardless of what it is, you know, except uh, Young Sheldon. Yeah, Young Sheldon is where I draw the line as well. If they did a Young Sheldon uh, pop-up experience, I I think I'd be protesting. Yeah, the day they open a Young Sheldon experience is the day I petitioned Lori Lightfoot to uh, legalize arson in this city. Well, you know, Lori, very, Lori Lightfoot famously listens to the things that her constituents want. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and is very open and honest with yes. how she feels and not at all... Uh, Bad mayor. Uh, oh, God. I just heard a noise. I think Lori's here. Yeah, you've got a bridge raised too far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we're recording this episode from Chicago. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. It's been a very good trip. And it's very good to see my good buddy, Tyler uh, Delock. Delo- Delome. Deli. Tyler Deloach. Delia. <laughs> oh, do not stain my name oh, no. with Chris Lee's name. <laughs> no, it's Deloach, right? Yes. Yeah, it's easy. I don't. I, it's. It seems like an easy name to say, but historically, people have said it wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. They try to make it like more European, or like like Delon. <laughs> the Loach is the one I hear the most. Like the O A vowel sound is not common in the English language, apparently. I hate but. it. I hate it all. Yeah. Uh, well, Tyler is... So, Tyler, I, I, I told you this earlier. I wanted to... <clears throat> God, we're both... It's, it's a fucking... It's allergy season. Um, we, we both have COVID. <laughs> we're, both, we're both on ventilators. <laughs> just dying. No. Um, but seriously, folks. I told Tyler, I said, I wanted to have you on this podcast for one reason and one reason only. I, you are uh, one of the only theater kids... <laughs> That I can stomach <laughs> anymore. Tyler is a, I mean, theater kid is a fun term, but Tyler is a a, a real theater man. He's a, he's a theater man. I've grown up to a theater man. That's right. You're a theater adult. Um, yeah. So, which is so, but you know what I mean? Like theater kids, it's, I hated it. Like, cause I'm a theater kid. Who am I kidding? I hated being in the like the eating area of my college and being with other theater majors because it was always a fucking production. Do you know what I mean? Was that like at at your college? Uh, My college, our program was a bit more laid back. It was a small school in a small town. And I feel like we kept a relatively low profile outside of our performing arts building. What is that? Yeah. That's a dream. Yeah. I I wish the, the music, the music, kids that was a different story but the theater kids were uh much more laid back incredible the music kids were more outgoing yeah like the ones in choir and they'd be walking around singing acapella compositions that is uh worse i'll say yes 10 times worse yeah i it was funny when i got to college i asked my acting professor uh we were in like this big welcome to the program meeting and I was an acting major, so not any music requirements, really. Right. And But I had done choir in high school before, like, like we, me and my friends did choir in high school the same way, like, football players lift weights. Like, we wanted to get better at singing for right. the theater stuff. Like, we were theater kids in choir, which we ended up having a great time in choir. We had this great choir director named Mr. Honeycutt, very cool guy, uh, anyway... I had a blast, had a good time, glad I did it. 
the why I got into it was because I wanted to get better for theater. It's not important. I don't have to explain myself. What I'm saying is I kind of, at the end of it, kind of enjoyed choir because it was like a way to meet people. And especially being a freshman in college, I figured, oh, it could be kind of fun to maybe join choir and meet some people. And I remember at the first meeting for our acting program, uh, for the new kids to like meet the older kids, the professor, Kurt, he was like, do you guys have any questions? I raised my hand and I went, uh, do, do acting majors often join the choir? Like, do, 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 do they do choir? <laughs> and everyone in the room, professors included, made fun of me <laughs> for like five minutes. And for like months after, Kurt would go, like we'd be in like acting class or movement class or something, and I'd be doing something a little wrong, and Kurt would be like, you know, Chance, choir's just down the hall. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you want to go track choir uh, out, maybe it's, maybe it's more your speed. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what, did you do choir coming up? I, I don't mean to assume, but I, I, I assume. Yeah, I did choir one year in high school, and then every year in college. Oh, good. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of singing. Outstanding. Well, what are you up to these days? Like, what's uh, what's what's your past year been like? I'm sure very full and fruitful. And yeah, it's past year's been a lot of um, it's it's my mind just went blank for that. Yeah, I was at the Friends Experience for a lot of it. Uh, another Van Gogh. I've been I've essentially just been working pop ups uh, my entire. My entire time in Chicago, uh, in between, hopefully booking acting gigs, and of course, since there's a pandemic, there's no acting. So yeah, I've been working pop ups. Exciting! You've also been singing at your home and posting those clips, which are very joyful for me to watch. Yeah, I've posted maybe forty-ish songs on Facebook. The <clears throat> the foremost uh, performance platform there is. True. <laughs> It's the ultimate hosting site. <laughs> <laughs> you know all those big artists who blew up on Facebook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're uh, the Ball family. Yep. No other examples. <laughs> I, watch, I watch Ball in the Family on Facebook. Watch. It's great. <laughs> I I can't say the same. I have not. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't watched it. Nope. It is. Uh, they're a weird bunch. Yeah. I. Well, Tyler and I met doing the conservatory at the Second City in Chicago, and we had a nice time, didn't we? We did. It was a great time. It was. We, uh, do you have any uh, standout moments? Standout moments? Oh, I wrote a nice sketch about how, uh, how I hate how much people love puppies. Oh, yeah. What was that again? That was, uh, what was that called? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think it was something about a brunch or something. Yeah, because it was friends at brunch, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, like, like gushing over some puppy, and and you do like an outburst, right? Yeah, and like dogs are fine. I like them. There are cute dogs out there. I'll go. Oh, that's adorable. But you know, not every dog needs a needs a show. Needs a parade. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's something. Another thing that I've noticed is the same people that flip the fuck out when a dog enters the room are the same people. Which God bless you, it's just not my thing. Same people that will just let a dog open mouth kiss them, <laughs> <laughs> and I hate it. 
I Ugh. our dog Huck at our house in uh, in LA. He is a like he tries to make out with everyone that walks in. Once you get to know him, because mm-hmm. at first he tries to kill everyone that walks in, but then once he gets to know you, he'll jump on your chest and try to shove his tongue down your throat. And I do not let him do that. And he, I can tell he gets frustrated that I don't <laughs> let him kiss me very passionately. But I always, I like hold him back and I go, I'm not that type of white. I'm not that type of white. Because ten times out of ten, it's usually a white lady who lets right. the dog shove its tongue down her throat. Yeah. And uh, that's just gross. A dog's tongue, they say like what, like a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's, right? Yeah. That? Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I don't... My issue isn't necessarily with the hygiene of it as much as just the general I don't want a dog uh, I don't want a dog trying to kiss me. Yeah, the like, worship of it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it, the dog's fine. We can shake hands or whatever you or what have you. Have Just very a, an old formal relationship with dogs. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a relationship with a dog should be like a business relationship. Okay, yeah, agreed. Because yeah. they are property. Whether you yeah. like it or not, they're a piece of property. Like I it's 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 not it's not a child, it's not a thing. It's it's just like Sometimes it's just a thing that you spend a lot of money on, <laughs> you know. It's 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 uh. But all that to say, I think, I'm I think I'm thinking about getting a dog. <laughs> I think there, I think there's a little space in between child and property where you can find where you can find where the dogs are. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> there's a bit of. A, there's some wiggle room. Yeah, between, maybe a guest. They're a house guest. Right. They're an expensive house guest. Yeah. How about that? They're a guest in perpetuity. That you bought. Yeah. <laughs> or adopted. Whatever. It's like you're the hotel owner and uh, the dog is whenever wherever Kevin got lost at this time. Yeah. Fucking Kevin. Yeah. Uh, well, Tyler and I, so it's I'm also excited to be doing a podcast with you because we pitched an idea at Second City uh, for a sketch that was podcast based. <laughs> And, and Tyler just I saw his face he just remembered it. Uh do you want to do a little bit of it? All right. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I'm Gilbert and I'm Godfrey and this is the Gilbert and Godfrey podcast. <laughs> that was it. I can't believe I can't believe we didn't get that on the stage. I couldn't agree more. The whole idea was that we'd be two characters Gilbert and Godfrey. <laughs> And we were two men who had a podcast. <laughs> and we both happened to sound exactly like Gilbert Godfrey. Right. And we had no follow-ups other than just the intro. It was like, our director was like, and what do Gilbert and Godfrey talk about? And we said, well, uh, I, you, you caught us. <laughs> Nothing. It's just, it's just we could both do this impression, kind yeah. of. <laughs> That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, sip of water for the working man. Yeah. That that idea was shockingly uh, poorly received. Yeah. Could you believe it? I There were some ideas that I love an immediate shutdown of an mm. idea. And I had one. Oh, it was good. Do you remember? <laughs> like, I know exactly. Rehearsal was ending. We had all pitched so much that day. And I run. I, I go, I got one more. <laughs> And this I, is my favorite thing ever. And I run up on stage, and I poke my. I'm behind. I'm behind the curtain, 
and then I poke just my head out of the curtain, and I look at you all, just my head poking through the curtain out onto the stage, and I go, I'm a turtle, and the stage is my shell. (laughs) And I've never seen an idea get shut down faster. Director Jeff just goes... No. <laughs> Goodbye. And I'll then, see you all next week. And then rehearsal is over. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, rehearsal was ending, but I think if at any point that day you had pitched that rehearsal would have been over then anyway. Correct. We could have we could have just moved right along. Yeah. So that was some good times. Uh I really enjoyed making some stuff cuz you're also a very silly guy. You're you're a purveyor of silliness in a way that uh, speaks to my soul. Where where did the silliness start with you? Because you you have a you have a refined sense of humor that I don't often find in traditionally like <laughs> theater people. Do you know what I mean? Like right. most theater people are like good for some memes and like mm. uh, references, but you're a person who can come up with their own fun. I think it's mostly I just bored too often and I I I think I'm an overthinker and so every situation I could possibly have a joke I've probably thought of at some point in the past year. And so basically I always have just one at the at at the at the ready at any moment. Yeah, one in the chamber. Yeah. That's, that's, say. that's okay. That's good. Um so let's Let's see. So shows aren't really happening right now. Not a whole lot to promote or anything like that. But like, do you have like, are you are you looking forward to anything as we seemingly are like turning the corner all this shit before we get into, you know, the past and where you come from and all that stuff? Is there like any current things that have you excited or feel like you've got a renewed lease on life or anything like that? No. It's all it's all chaos, Chance. Uh, it's all downhill from here. I, I have to I have to leave. Actually, you've, you've just reminded me the curtain's yeah. been reopened. Looking forward to my next meal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's the, good. The uh, the quesalupa's back at Taco Bell. You're kidding. Yeah, I had it. I had it uh, yesterday. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Okay, I am reaching the age because you're 25. Yeah. No, 25 in a couple weeks. Okay, so. Yeah, you'll still be 25 by the time this comes out. I just turned, so you're like a year younger than me. I just turned 26 and like a month ago. And I, I, I'm i starting to learn there are things I can't eat anymore. Oof. And it sucks. Like, uh, one, the, a big one was White Castle burgers. I used mm-hmm. to love a White Castle slider and especially going to the White Castle. And getting it, which there are not White Castles where I'm from. Like the part of Missouri I'm from does not have an actual White Castle. You can only get it at like the store, but St. Louis has them. And it was always like my big St. Louis treat to go to a White Castle. And when I was like locked down at my uncle's house in the suburbs of St. Louis, one day I took his car to go get White Castle. And I was so pumped about it. And I went and got myself a Crave case. I went full on Harold and Kumar, like got mm-hmm. like a huge fry, huge drink, all this stuff. I had been depressed for weeks. Uh, not much has changed. And this was like going to really, this was going to bring me back. Right. I think the first episode of The Last Dance was playing that night. So it was going to be my meal that I eat while I'm watching the shit. 
And I get back to his house. I set up the spread. It's all there. I'm so excited. Turn on the TV. And I eat like, I think I got like 10. And I, <laughs> you, you gave me a look. Is 10 too much? I think 10 may be a little too many White Castle sliders. <laughs> You're right. Well, I didn't get to all 10 because I ate like two of them. And immediately my stomach said, what in the hell do you think you're doing right now? And I vomited. Like, I I ate two and some fries and, like, had to go upstairs and, like, spew my guts out because... I guess that's just not what I'm uh, what I'm meant to eat anymore. Or maybe I got right. a bad batch, you know? I'd say a 50-50 chance on both. Yeah. You looked at me like, oh, is he about to tell me he ate 10 <laughs> White Castles? Yeah, no shit. It didn't go well. <laughs> White Castle was actually one of the last pre-pandemic meals that I had. You're kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that might have been either my first or second time ever going to White Castle. Because there's none near me in Chicago, and I didn't grow up near any either. Mm-hmm. So I was just on vacation in New York, which again, poor timing. Right before, yeah, right before uh, Tom Hanks got COVID and everything happened, Jeez. and I was just walking around the streets of Harlem, like, "Hey, let's find <laughs> something to eat." Oh, this White Castle, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and nothing will ever go wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, you were in New York. Mm-hmm. Right when the shit started, like like yeah. to become like a reality. <laughs> yeah, I took a nap and then woke up and everything was canceled. Yeah, oh yeah, because you had a bunch of tickets for like Broadway shows and stuff, right? Yep. Boy, what shows were you gonna see? <laughs> I was gonna see Hades Town, uh, Jagged Little Pill, which is the Alanis Morissette musical, which I don't listen to Alanis Morissette, but I figured it would be good. Yeah, my mom loves Alanis, yeah. and one other. Oh, the uh, Temptations musical, Ain't Too Proud. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. But well, I got a... They offered, at, at when everything shut down, they said, you can either get your money back, full refund, or you can get credit to the you know the tickets store or whatever at 120%. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to be coming back here. Right. I'll be back in like a month. <laughs> And at the time, I was like, okay, right now, I could get super cheap tickets in September. Yeah. And that might be a little too late, but, you know, better uh, safe than sorry. Oh, Jesus. I didn't end up buying them, but. Well, good. Yeah. Do, do you still have the credit? Yeah. Uh, somewhere, yeah. So it's exactly- I don't know how to access it, but, you know, eventually I'll look into it. Yeah, I have a Spirit Airlines credit somewhere, because <laughs> I, I don't know where it is, but, because, uh, much like you got some Broadway canceled, I uh, had WrestleMania canceled, which I'd argue is worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, uh, yeah, we had, it was going to be such a fun time. Me and my buddies, uh, Doyle, Nick, and Darian. We all bought our plane tickets. Darian was coming back from London to come and like watch the shit. We were like looking for hotels in Tampa because it <laughs> was in Tampa, and it all started to fall apart. And yeah, but perfect segue. You had mentioned you didn't have White Castles uh, where you grew up when you were younger. Where was Tyler born? Tyler was born in Palatine, Illinois, the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. But when I was little, I moved to North Carolina. So that's, you know, it was easier before I moved here. I could say I grew up in North Carolina. But now that I live in Chicago, I kind of have to, I feel obligated to say I was born near here. Okay. 
So that's your line, is I was born near Chicago? Yeah, I was born near Chicago. Relatively speaking, I could say I was born near Chicago, like, compared yeah. to someone from, like, Russia. <laughs> True. So. You also say you were born near Los Angeles. Right. This is a gotcha podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and brother, I gotcha. I, well, that's cool. What was, so what age did you move to North Carolina? I was six years old. I did kindergarten here, and then I first grade in North Carolina. Okay, so I, uh, similar to me, I, I didn't move across the country, but I did kindergarten and first grade at one place, and then moved in second grade. So I, I did kindergarten and first grade at a private Christian school, and then second mm. grade through senior year at a public school. So when I when I moved there in second grade, I was the only kid who knew how to write in cursive. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm still the only kid who knows how to write in cursive. Probably. Yeah, it's a useless skill. Uh, so you uh, where in North Carolina again? Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, okay. Little capital. Yeah, that's exciting. It's uh what what so what kind of uh what kind of trouble were you getting into? Did you have like what did you have like neighborhood friends were there kids like running around shooting water guns at each other stuff like that? Yeah, we had a a couple kids in our neighborhood we get together and you know wrestle a little bit. Uh and by wrestle I mean uh, play football and other games in the street. We had an invention called tennis ball, which at the time seemed like the most innovative thing ever. It was baseball that we played in the street with a tennis ball and tennis racket instead of baseball stuff. And uh, yeah, it was, I think the quintessential childhood experience is playing in a street and then getting annoyed at all the cars going by and seeing how many plays you can sneak in. But, uh, in between the next car coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, I was lucky enough to live in a cul-de-sac. Ooh. So we, we were able to skirt by that a little bit, yeah. uh, but you know, there'd still be cars coming through. Was there, when did you start having like interest in the performing arts? Let's see. Fifth grade was when I did my first, you know, non mandatory <laughs> performance. Yeah. 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 Your first non-pageant. Yeah. We'll call right. I call mandatory performances <laughs> pageants or programs. Right. And then high school I really got into it. I didn't start mm-hmm. singing till my senior year, but you know, on the stage and stuff. Some time in high school, I was like, I really like doing this stuff. And then my senior year, I was like, Well, I can, you know, major in it. Yeah. And uh for some reason they let people major in musical theater and I took advantage <laughs> of that. <laughs> insane right yeah yeah so that's fun you so and you you played sports and stuff too right what 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 were your what were your favorite the sports i played most basketball baseball and tennis and i was probably best at tennis but i didn't really put any effort into it uh baseball i liked the most and then basketball it was it was just too cold to play the other sports. Yeah, yeah. Uh I actually tried out for the tennis team in high school and I'm sure I would have made it except my grades weren't good enough. So that oh, was really, really a really a defining experience when I started doing theater because they didn't really check our grades. <laughs> Interesting. That's uh so tennis I remember at one point there was a Facebook post that I made. <laughs> I like a show we were doing together. 
I, I was promoting the show, and one of your old tennis coaches, because I tagged you, and so it popped up on your timeline, too. One of your old tennis coaches just commented, Tyler still has one of the best swings of anyone, or uh, best serves of anyone I've ever coached. Oh, yeah. Coach, shout out Coach Phillips. Uh- Coach Phillips. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he had. He said nothing about the show. Was, he said I have the best hands of any uh, <laughs> of any player he's coached, or something like that. Yeah, that's great. Which I think that's because my natural reflexes were pretty good, and it made up for my lack of conditioning or overall uh, uh, practice. Okay, so it was basically I'm at my best when someone hits the ball really fast at me, and I don't have time to think about uh, how to play tennis. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. That sounds like the ideal uh, tennis tennis athlete. <laughs> You're just built different, I guess. Yeah, I'm built. I'm built. Yeah, same animal, different beast, or something like that. I love that for you. Yeah, that's I. So I played football and wrestled a little bit growing up. I also played t ball and like base like little kid baseball and stuff. Right. And I kind of hated it because of the pacing of it all. Because I was like super ADHD, like. Mm-hmm. But but I say that, but I also was the kid. I was fully the kid that would like sit down in the outfield and like play in the grass. Because <laughs> right. uh, it was like it was t-ball. Nobody's hitting like out to way left field or anything like that. Like nothing's getting past like the the the, the plates essentially. So I didn't see any reason why it was a problem. Right. That's why I ended up playing first base. Like once I. Once you get to the position where you, once you get to the age where you're like, oh, I can actually choose a position and play it. I think I was, I was drawn to first base because, you know, you get to touch the baseball and like a good, at least 50% of the plays that happen. Yeah. So that's fun. So elementary school, Tyler, what were you like? Were did you have a identity? Did you have a thing or anything like that the kids knew you for? Did you just kind of blend in? What was the deal? Elementary school, Tyler. I was a, I was a bit of a silly kid. I would be like, you know, like, like if I get in my haircut, all I do is just like try to make all the people in the barbershop laugh. Okay. So what? So okay. Let's let's talk about that. Is that? Do you think like? Could that have been like a superhero origin story moment for your like eventual? Because I also consider you like a comedian or like a comedic right. actor, comedian, like sketch comedian, things like that. You don't do stand up, but you're a great improviser, hilarious in sketches. Um, so you're a comedy person at, at the very least. Yeah. Do you think those early moments of like getting laughs from adults at like the barber shop and stuff maybe informed some of that? I think so. I think I kind of learned how to pick and choose moments where I can just, you know, sneak in a line here or, you know, mm-hmm. just, just find moments where no one's doing anything. I might as well do something silly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's so, so much of like kids who are funny. That's where it comes from. It's just like filling those empty spaces with like, all right, I'm just going to do what I see the cartoons do. Like there's <laughs> never a dull moment in Looney Tunes. Yeah. So I, there might as well not be one here in this, in this supermarket with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I, so moving into like, so like you didn't start doing like performancey, like a formal performancey stuff a little bit later on. Uh, like, were you going to like, like what were sleepovers like? Did you do many sleepovers? I love hearing sleepover stories. So I didn't have too many sleepovers. I mean, there was, you know, some of the neighbors would come over. We'd just play video games all night. Mm-hmm. And 
I remember we were playing NASCAR Thunder one day, which wow. is a, I think, I mean, they still have like NASCAR games, but a different name or something like that. Yeah. And I remember there was one time we were racing and somehow both fell asleep mid race and woke up and we were like in last place, obviously, because the, you know, computer generated opponents had won already. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just woke up, was like, well, might as well come second to last. <laughs> We've been in last place for seven hours. <laughs> My friend is next to me, still asleep. <laughs> That's hell. That's hell on earth. That's I. Yeah, those video game sleepovers were always very fun to me. But I also loved, like, growing up. Like for me, like in the Ozarks, a lot of like a lot of my friends had like woods at their houses. Like they lived in the country, and their parents. Often, a kid who lives in the country has parents who don't necessarily love video games. So yeah. sometimes we would be forced to like, all right, you boys have been playing on that box for hours. Get on out there and throw a stick or something. And so getting lost out in the forest was always a lot of fun for me uh, and my pals. I remember one time we tried to, quote unquote, walk to Boston. <laughs> wait, wait, from Missouri? <laughs> yes. We thought, I think we had just watched something with Boston in it or something. And we were like, we want to go to Boston. Like, we want to go to the big city. So we're going to walk through this forest in Nixa, Missouri to get to Boston, Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah, it was a good time. So moving on to like junior high, like middle school, what uh, what sort of trouble was Tyler getting up to in those days? Like the pre right that like prepubescent like going into puberty years uh type shit like what 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 did did your interests change did you remain like the silly boy at the barber's <laughs> shop that liked video games middle school is probably the uh that was i mean as with most people in middle school like the least sure of who i was you know in my life mm-hmm. cuz you kind of you know you're we all know like you you know go from one person to another but you're like personalities changing too and so it's kind of figuring out like you know i was awkward but didn't know how to play it for laughs yet mm, yeah and that's hard that's <laughs> it's very hard that is not ideal nope. i cuz i i developed humor as in many ways sort of a defense mechanism right um like early on because like i said i was especially at my private school when i was in kindergarten in first grade i was like you know a kid who should have been in public schools with these Mm -hmm. kids whose parents like have money and i held on to my winnie the pooh overalls probably a little bit longer than i should have and so i was just like an easy target so i had to like really quickly develop like Oh, if if I make all these people laugh first, then they won't they won't come for me. Right. Uh, and you hadn't mastered that skill yet, come nope. middle school. So I bet that was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah, it uh it scars me to this day. But you know, it was fun in some ways. Uh, uh, I I'll, I'm not <laughs> I'm sure how. To but find what ways. You know, if you look at the bright side first, you got to find what the bright side is. But if I manage to find it, then I'll look at it. Awesome. That's, uh, I mean, I think that's all you can ever ask for. We what, had a uh, drama teacher named Charlotte Webb. You're kidding. It's a true story. Uh, tell me everything about Charlotte Webb. <laughs> Did she well, live we, on a uh, farm <laughs> with a pig? We had a uh, 
a contract we had to sign to audition for the uh, play or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was basically saying we're going to show up to rehearsals and learn our lines. And I remember her giving it to us and saying, this is a legally binding contract. Jesus Christ. And then it looks back and it's like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) We we are 12. Right. We, we we can't sign a legally binding contract. That's great. That I mean, it, but it worked, didn't it? It actually didn't. I dropped out of a show. I didn't even oh, tell anyone. Okay, well, you should be in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the uh, boys get in here. <laughs> this is the first time I'm telling. I think the uh, what is it? The uh, when it takes too long to find out someone did a crime, so you can't get away with it. Uh, statute of limitations. The statute of limitation is passed on my. On my breach of contract. Yeah, I'm intimately aware of what the Statue of Limitations is. Uh-oh. No, it's because I watch a lot of Law & Order SVU. Oh, what did right. you think? No, oh, uh, I watch a lot of Orange is the New Black, and that's how I know. Oh, good. I used to until, you know, everyone stopped. I feel like, I feel like, like everyone who watched Orange is the New Black watched and was very into the first few seasons, and then we all just agreed together. Like Everyone who watched it just agreed. We're, every, it was enough. Yeah, and and you know what? Sometimes a show can be enough, yeah. and it's not. It doesn't always happen at the end. You don't have to complain about like the last season being bad or anything. You just watched what you watched, and then right. and then tune to a different show, and then you just keep on rolling the ball. Uh, <laughs> so would you? That was almost a Trump. Then you keep rolling the ball. They take the ball and they say, "Here, roll it down the hill." And you say, "No, ma'am, rolling it down the road." <laughs> Beautiful ball, incredible ball. I never want to hear from him again. Oh, it's such a nuanced take. Oh, Donald Trump. Getting back to Tyler now. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, So do you think it's kind of funny that you went from being a kid who just dropped out of the middle school play without telling anyone into now uh, what you do? I think it's... I think it's more telling about just middle school and like academic learning environments like Mm -hmm. it was obviously i'm you know this is over 10 years later and i'm still really into plays but like how badly do you have to screw up to get someone who is that into theater that they would want to do it for the rest of their life to just stop coming to rehearsals like yeah i mean terrible indictment on charlotte Charlotte webb I mean, I hate to say it, but I I can completely relate to that. Like, we have a teacher in, like, the Nixa school system that kind of did that for some of me, me and some of my friends, like, just made it not enjoyable. Like, I don't think he, re- I don't think he meant to or anything like that, but, like... Mm-hmm. My honest experience with, with going through, like, those classes was, okay, you're making this so stressful. Right. It felt like I could feel back then as like a 12 and 13 year old, like this is about, this is more about what's going on with you than it has anything Mm. to do with the rest of us. Yeah. And I don't know. There is some, one of my favorite stories ever. My friend Cody, we were in theater class and we were getting yelled at by the teacher because we had done something. I don't know what we did. We were probably just talking. And... There was a poster in the back. There are two posters in the back of the classroom. One of them on either side of like the door. And one of them 
had like like our junior high like respect motto or whatever the fuck you know like some schools have like we stand for like the three r's respect righteousness like one of those like type (laughs) of posters like being a being like a courteous student whatever and then on the other side of the door was a kung fu panda poster (laughs) and (laughs) the the junior high teacher he's 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 yelling at us and he points to the back of the classroom and he goes, do you even know what that poster means? And my friend Cody, God love him, he goes, Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> and we, it was one of those, like, we, the kids won today, laughs. Yeah. You know, like, even the teacher has to, like, take a step back and go, you got me. Hey, I'm, I'm finished. Uh, that's fun. Did you, w- was there... Um, was there like a big push at your school for like the sex ed stuff around this age? Because we our ours was like a rocket, like a true failure to launch thing. Like it felt like they threw like a piece of paper with some terms on it at us and read them out loud once and then ran away. I think our school actually did a pretty good job. Uh, North Carolina kind of forced the uh, the whole abstinence only thing, uh-huh. but our school ignored it. And really, that, okay, yeah, they were like, hey. We have to tell you to be abstinent, but if we weren't telling you to be abstinent, this is what we would tell you guys. And then we learned about condoms and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know what condoms were for a very long time, and now I know all about them. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, if you're if you're 12 years old, you're either going to learn about sex ed in school, or you're going to learn from a high schooler, you know, that's just, you know, trying to trying to impress the kids with what they know. Yeah. Or you're going to learn from family guy. And right. I, there's one very, very obvious choice as to the most responsible way to teach about sex. Right. And it's family guy. Right. I want <laughs> Seth MacFarlane teaching my children. It's also like, I feel like porn is so accessible now. <laughs> like it's, True. it's, it's not something that you really have. There's no barrier to entry. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they even ask on the websites. Like, are you 18? Right. Like, I think it's just like, Hey, go ahead have some fun where it's like, there are kids who it's like this meekness. It almost gets taken away so early. And it's weird because I remember the first time I ever like saw like a sexy scene in a movie. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> like, I thought they were just like, I thought they were either fighting or kissing in a way I'd never seen, which I think is a combination of the two. Right. I think that's a good way to describe sex. Um, so, yeah, we were a little, we were not like, it was full on abstinence only, like protocol at our school. So, we didn't get any of like the, the practical knowledge because the thing is, it's like, you, you hope a kid. Like, if you're taking a kid on a fishing trip, you hope the kid doesn't throw the bucket of worms into the water. Right. But you might as well bring a second bucket just in case they do. You know what I mean? And I feel like some teachers and some school districts and shit like that, they live in like a fantasy land Mm -hmm. where they're all pretending. Yeah, every kid who hears this, they got it. Yeah. (laughs) They love this. They, They agree and they love this. And it's like, not to get like, you know, too heavy and serious, but like, if you don't teach a kid what sex is, then they won't know if there's something going on in their life that's not okay. Right. Like, yes, because that's another thing that is very real, especially in places mm-hmm. like North Carolina, Missouri, Nebraska, uh, yeah. Texas. Am I saying, are you catching? Everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that, that is a problem everywhere. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's uh, oof. yeah. I'm glad I asked that question because I I've just never know because North Carolina is like, it's it's one of those states that kind of doesn't have a region. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's very. I think it's very. It's kind of like a polka dots of different. Like you have these sections that are very you know, modern era progressive like Raleigh, and then yeah. you have. Some places where you wouldn't be sure if you're in North Carolina or Alabama, right? Which what a nightmare! <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I never lived in those places. Oh, uh, you didn't? Why not? Oh, you know the racism. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah, that shit is so. Yeah, there are states like that. Well, I mean, and like Missouri is kind of that way. Like St. Louis and mm-hmm. Kansas City have their problems, like in terms of like redlining and all that shit. But like it's weird to stand in like the plaza or like downtown St. Louis or Kansas city. And then like close your eyes, hop in a car, drive just a few hours South and then open your eyes again and think, am I in the same place? Right. And I mean, Illinois is kind of the same. I've heard Mm -hmm. people say Illinois outside of Chicago is just Indiana. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's a ton of fun. Well, so like, yeah. So moving on from the middle school stuff, uh, I want to talk about high school. And your seemingly emergence into putting yourself on stage and right. in front of an a paying audience, paying, we hope. We yeah, hope they paid. Occasionally. Uh so high school Tyler, bright eyed, bushy tailed, what what got you into what what was the thing that sort of made you go, All right, I'll I'll audition. Let's see. I I took acting classes. Well, my high school did electives, but you chose an elective and those were what you took the entire year. Oh, so it was like you had to stick with it. And I all four years I took a drama class. So after my freshman year, I didn't audition for anything. And my uh, drama teacher was, you know, kind of like, "Oh, why didn't you audition?" And I was just like a little shy kid, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." Was, was, was your drama teacher Jay Leno? <laughs> He's like, "Oh." Uh, 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 <laughs> Yeah, we we switched out between late night talk show hosts, so oh, so it was Conan, but um, <laughs> that was dumb. That was a dumb. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you said it, not me. Yeah, but uh, believe it or not, the monologue that I did in class that actually gave me the confidence to eventually, you know, say I could act in front of people was a monologue from the School of Rock, uh, Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> the man you don't know the man oh that's that great. monologue right there that's great that they let you do that art like am. we i was like we it was like kind of frowned upon to do like tv and movies monologues because mm-hmm. they wanted us like looking into like actually reading plays and like finding right. monologues and plays or monologue books which is by far the worst Those place are, to i hate i i never want to i never want to go through a monologue book again no bad but me and my friends all just started improvising our monologues mm-hmm. after for a certain point. I think uh, one thing you talk about accessibility to theater, like kids, most kids who say they want to be an actor are thinking, you know, you know, they, they want to be like uh, the people they see on TV. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why I wanted to do it. And then I fell in love with stage acting. Same. But that bridge is, you know, you want to act in general, teach a kid how to act, whether or not they're doing a stage monologue or a TV monologue. Just have them, just have them act. Right? Who cares? Right. That's the th- I agree. It's uh, and I think eventually, I, I do know. I was in high school, right? Well, so I would have been a freshman the year after The Dark Knight came out, 
and people were still obsessed with the Joker. And like, I remember there was a day in my drama class where I think every boy gave their best attempt at like the Joker monologue Mm -hmm. in the voice. And I got way too into it. (laughs) I loved it. I was full on just Mr. J and, I think there are still some kids to this day that would uh, remember that moment and think, oh, that was the moment I wanted to quit drama class <laughs> because this, this maniac knocked a chair over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so what, was your first, uh, what was your first big high school show? Uh, my first big high school show was sophomore year uh, Antigone. It was... <gasps> oh, Antigone. Antigone. We had shirts that said A-N-T, and then the I was a silhouette, and then G-O-N-E. But the way the colors were, it just looked like it was ants gone, like some kind of exterminator company. <laughs> Which is exactly the Fun. type of thing that would happen in a high school drama program. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, okay, so that was fun. So the, yeah. That's, wor- like, heavy, kind of. Like a heavy yeah. play for high schoolers. Not yeah. even just the, the the material, but, like, the language it puts people to sleep. Like I, I saw a high school production of Antigone at Thespian Conference in uh, high school, in uh, Missouri. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, just from a keeping people engaged standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, like, I want to say we did a good job at it, but who knows? We were in high school. Our expectations are when when you work on anything for that long and you're that new at it, you're going to think, oh, this is the best thing any high school production would ever put on. <laughs> and then you know it could have been terrible, but you know for uh, to us it was good, right? And that's enough. That yeah. in the moment that's enough. Mm-hmm. We I used to think it was so funny when we would hear other theater kids from like other school districts refer to like there was like Parkview High School. I'll call them out by name. Parkview High School. When I was at, I was at Nixa. Parkview is a Springfield High School. This will make sense to, to some seven people. Uh, there's a town over, like the next town over, the big town that had like multiple high schools. Parkview was one of them. They did a production of Les Mis in high school, Oof. and I did not see it. None of my friends saw it, but like they did Les Mis in high school, so people like talked about it, like in like the local theater scene. And I would run into these fucking kids from Parkview, and they'd be like, people were telling us after the show that it was Broadway quality. Like, Broadway, like, and they, but, and they would do that thing where they like double look at you, like to double down, like with how serious they are, and like look you in the eye and be like, "Uh, no, Broadway quality. And I wanted, I, I, I wanted to say, that is impossible. Shut the hell! Who told you that? Your mom, like, your mom, who's never seen the old, the most uh, biggest theater production she's seen is Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat in Branson. Like, what, the fuck? what are you talking about, uh, Broadway? I always love that. I've heard that. Uh, I had some performance, and I heard someone refer to something related to what we were doing as Broadway, like. Oh, we have talent just as good as Broadway here. It's like, no, if we did, we'd be there, right? Because you know what, there are kids our age on mm-hmm. Broadway, and like I will say, like there, there's there are some kids probably in some small town who are that talented, mm-hmm. but there's not more than two, right? Like no small town is more than two Broadway talents <laughs> in, high, in one high school. <laughs> Bernadette Peters <laughs> and Aaron Tavay at the same high school, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's... unless it's a performing arts high school. Yeah, well, I'm glad I didn't go to a performing arts high oh, school. Oh, me too. I feel like those are so. 
like they it, they rob you of the experiences that you actually pull from mm-hmm. like to do stuff on stage right. like whenever you're basically when you get turned into like a, an acting robot right i think that's a problem i think one of the best high school or middle school theater experiences like you do your show and then you go to school the next day and you feel like you know 90% of the people don't know who you are or didn't know you were in a play, but you feel like, hey, yeah, I was just in a show last night. Yeah, Look, my makeup's still yeah. kind of on. But like if you're at, at a performing arts school, like everyone was in a show the other day. So right. like, who cares? Yeah, who cares? And, it's it's not unique. You're not, into, you're not, you're not right. interesting. Yeah, you want to be, I feel like there's some pride in being the, the blank kid, like being the band kid or the theater kid or the, you know, if you're on a sport, uh, if you're on a, if you play a sport, but if you're a, if everyone at your school is there to do the same thing. Yeah. Like, like fuck off. Um, <laughs> I think if you're listening to this and you go to a performing arts high school, I think you should drop out yeah. depending on what, no matter what your parents say, I am telling you right now, as someone who has made hundreds of dollars, <laughs> we performed in front of dozens, <laughs> dozens of people. Uh, no, that's so. Were you playing sports in high school? Like, did you play sports through high school, or did you kind of stop? I played rec sports in high school. Okay, because cool. um, I played yeah. football, like I said, and I quit wrestling. But I played football all four years, so I was like, I, I very quickly, I think outwardly, it was like he's a football player who does theater. And that's what I thought too at first. And then I very quickly realized, no, I am a theater kid who also plays football. Because something that I, I that I realized about myself is being in those two different, very different worlds. A, I'll just say this. My football friends always super cool and supportive of me doing like creative stuff and whatnot. Because right. I was that guy. Like I was the team cut up basically. Like I like this is very telling. Senior year after we lost our very last game historically coach rehagen who is no longer at nixa uh not i almost said r.i.p he's still alive <laughs> i was gonna he's, say r.i.p but i didn't want to be insensitive he's just at another just school district case. now he just moved schools um <laughs> coach rehagen famously after the final game of the year which would always be a loss unless we won state would come around the locker room and like shake the hand of every senior player and say like Anything you need, like this is my rehagging impression for all you Knicks of people. He's I like, recognize it. He's like, all right, all right. Anything you need, anything you need, you let me know. Good guy. He comes up to me. I have been waiting for this moment for four years. This moment of like man to man, like like a goodbye, like a mm-hmm. like a closing of a chapter with a man who, at the time, I had very mixed emotions about. Now I look back fondly. He he looks at me. And he sees me, he makes eye contact with me, and he does like a little like a oh, oh like 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 kind of like a shift his shoulders move. And he comes in and he hugs me. Oh he gives me I'm the only one he hugs me and he, he pulls away from the hug, he pulls back, and he looks at me and he goes, You made me laugh, chance. You made me laugh. Oh and I was like That's sweet. That's ah, that was great. Like that was better than than like <laughs> All right, old 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 Marine, <laughs> you're going back to the world. <laughs> um, so yeah, but anyway, people were supportive of. Right. I mean, people. Some people were shitty. Not everybody was supportive. There are some people out there that were really shitty about me doing like theater and stuff. Especially the older kids. Uh, mm. Like when I was like a freshman and sophomore, some of the older guys on the team were dicks and. Uh, all of them suck now and have really sad <laughs> lives. And no, uh, they all peaked. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever notice? I noticed something about uh, when it comes to like sports people versus theater people. If you talk to someone who 
is into sports but not really theater about theater they'd be like oh yeah i saw this one production of chicago one day and i liked it and they won't know what they're talking about but mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll try to relate yeah but then you go the other way around it's like oh sports ball Bro, i hate that shit so much Oh, my God. I'm going to come back to that. But first, let me just say, uh, I, I said a few people have sad lives. Hey, hey, I mean, do whatever you want. Some of you are dicks. You know who you are, Ryan Hansen. Uh, <laughs> I'm naming names. This, but what the fuck? Uh, no, I mean, it, it was a hard time for all of us. No, nobody's perfect in high right. school. But as I was saying, on the whole, people were cool. So... Um, but I, I, I came to this moment of realization that when I'm with my sports friends, I'm making them laugh for the most part. Like mm-hmm. there were some funny guys. Like locker a locker room is a very funny can be a very funny place, and I think some of my sense of humor, like like got sharpened in like locker rooms and stuff. Right. But when like I would make them laugh more often than not. But when I was with like my theater friends they made me laugh too like just mm-hmm. as often as i made them laugh and that was a big deal for me so i really started to shift more towards the theater friends which pissed some people off but again like we were kids and I, what are you going to do like there's only so many hours in the day yeah. like i'd rather go off and like play nerf gun wars from our trucks like shooting at each other in a <laughs> field than sit around and like watch sports center uh, which is what most of them did, uh, but talking about yeah the sports ball thing with theater kids. Oh yeah, I know you also hate this. Yeah, it's like when you're when you don't know about a topic and someone obviously does and they spend time thinking about it or whatever it is, they at least pretend to care. Right. Well, for me, it's like I just want to look at those people and go, "It's not my fault you got bullied." You know what I mean? Like, Mm. I'm not the one who did that to you. Mm -hmm. I'm not the basketball player. I'm not the football player that hurt you. And I'm sorry you were hurt. But that doesn't give you permission to shit on an entire thing that most people get a lot of joy from. Because I think some there's got to be some people out there who truly think anyone who enjoys sports is like a cave person Mm -hmm. that just, like, wants to, like beat like an artistic person to death in the street and it's like yeah some of those people probably exist out there but sports like bring people so much just as much joy as you get from seeing a good musical or hearing a like a beautiful song like people's like like especially small towns like that don't have like a bustling arts community because all the artistic kids move the fuck away uh Sports are a huge point of pride, and I think that's important, and I think that's necessary, and I think it's weird, and I don't want to say toxic, but a little toxic to like try to play that game of, because I don't like it, it's bad. Yeah. Or because I don't understand it, it's bad. Because that you are hating the thing that you, like, like you're doing the thing that you claim to hate when you exactly. do that shit, you know? Like, ugh, I don't know. Yeah. I do think like they're, they're very real feelings. Like, if you weren't into something and you got bullied by people who were into something you can, you know, think, Oh, these two things are related, but there are so many people into sports that just didn't care about who you were and right. they just live their lives and let you live your life. Yeah. Cause most sports kids were boring. Yeah. Like the best basketball player in our school, one of the best basketball players in the state, boring dude, <laughs> didn't talk much, 
ate donuts at lunch mm-hmm. and like was kind of fun at pool parties with his friends. But yeah, it's not like they're all. It, it's not like an '80s movie where like the sports kids are like on their bikes, like coming to kill people. Right. You know what I mean, it's like think about what. Whatever thing that you do, like whether it's theater or dance or uh, uh, painting, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know so many obnoxious people who do that. Correct. Like I know so many obnoxious people who majored in art or whatever. I'm not looking at a painting going, "Ooh, look at this! Uh, look at this drawing that I hate." Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, the thing is, let me be very clear: bullying is fucked up in oh, any absolutely. regard, but. It's also a part of it. Like it's mm-hmm. a part. Everyone gets bullied. I got mm-hmm. bullied. Like, yeah. How many people like, on a on a sports team get bullied by other people in their on the sports team? Correct. It's it's just a it, we're apes. We're fucking we're fucking apes with thumbs. Mm-hmm. Like walking around, still trying to figure out why we feel the urge to kill each other over land. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. So I don't know. It's I I just hope that people who are, consider themselves a little more artistic can at least get to a point where it's like, hey, I don't have to have memory in my brain, like memory space in my brain devoted to shitting on something people love. The same way sports people shouldn't have that space devoted to shitting on yeah. art, which I don't think, yeah. I, which is the thing is, it's often not coming from that side. Mm, like no. most sports fans are just like, oh yeah, I don't really, either, oh yeah, I've seen a couple of those things or I don't mm-hmm. really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, or it's not like uh, it's it's dumb, which mm-hmm. is like fine to think because a lot of theater is dumb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, did you have a favorite teacher in high school? Favorite teacher in high school. Uh, I haven't really thought about my high school teachers in a while. Yeah, we'll do it now. And uh, my, <laughs> I take my, I, I give credit to my algebra two teacher, Mister Huzzy, and <laughs> what is going on? In your school district, you had Charlotte, Charlotte Webb and Mr. Huzzy. It's that's like a that's, that's like a uh, a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a Muppet. <laughs> I essentially have to give him credit. Uh, I have you know my theater and chorus teachers who I liked, but as someone who doesn't like math at all, I still have a pleasant memory of that class. Hmm. And so you know you get bonus points for that. That's cool. Yeah, was, it's like did if you go to make a, it fun. Like, was he like a fun teacher? It was pretty fun. He taught us about uh, taxes and credit card debt, which I didn't, you know, pay attention or remember. But I'm glad he did. <laughs> like, he, it was the right thing to teach us. Correct. Yeah, it was, was more schools to teach that. It was on me that I didn't learn it. But <laughs> it's it's one of those. If you go to a restaurant and one makes your favorite meal and they make it pretty good, and one makes your least favorite meal and you kind of enjoyed it, you know. Yeah, least favorite meal is you're gonna think about it. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect yeah. metaphor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I had a similar experience in college with a geology professor. Mm. I didn't give a shit about geology. I still don't give a shit about geology. But this guy, like, was awesome. Like, he was a yeah. great. He, he was like a performer up there. Like, he. I think it's just because he's passionate about it. Like, he was mm-hmm. passionate. He hadn't gotten like beaten down by years of students not loving his stuff, and he made it fun. And uh, so that's cool that your favorite teacher is a, is a math teacher. Yeah, I I would have never guessed that in a million years. Yeah, that's cool. What um, so like, you're did you did you guys do like wild cast parties for for in your theater department? I remember there was someone's house that had a hot tub. 
Oh, and no. <laughs> I didn't get wild. We played like water pong and yep. beer pong. And, yep. You know, would have pizza and Sprite. So your theater department was mostly like 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 sober kids. Yeah. Same. Yeah. We. I honestly didn't know uh, anyone was doing anything bad until after I left high school. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it was like then I I kind of went to college, moved to Chicago, and then I was like, you know, people were probably having sex. It's <laughs> probably going down. Someone was probably. I think at my prom there was like a minor scandal because some kids showed up drunk. Oh no! And then you know, I grew up. I was like, wait, that's. I'm sure every other school, everyone's showing up drunk to prom because it's prom. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I. Well, the thing is, I can relate because me and my friends, nothing. Mm-hmm. No drinking. No. We didn't even like smoke cigarettes or like any of that. So, like I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Right. And. Because we were truly, like, it's a cliche, but we were having too much fun on our own. Like, we were, like, creative and, like, like, using our imaginations and, like, doing crazy shit. Like, we had a whole day where we pretended, like, one guy was uh, possessed by a demon. And it was our mission throughout the school day to try to exercise (laughs) the demon. And some of us cornered him in in the bathroom. And we had somebody had gotten some salt from the lunchroom and just pouring it on his (laughs) face, being like, be gone. that, That just makes me hope. That somewhere in America, uh, there there are some kids who are playing a subtle game of Among Us in their high schools, and or something like that. They're just going or like just having a game that only you're in on, and it lasts the entire day. Yep. It just seems like the best way to live high school. Oh yeah, we would do Assassin's Creed, where one person would be the assassin, and you'd try to put like um, like a sticky note. On the oh, other I people, think my school did that at some point too. Yeah, and we would. It, most of it was just about walking through crowds, like how they did in the game, where it's just you're pawing past people. Like mm-hmm. if if you played the game, you know, like in Assassin's Creed, when you're walking through a crowd of people, you can he kind of like uses his hands to like yeah. paw past people, and we would just do that with our hoods up, and it was mm-hmm. a good time. Uh, so yeah, fun cast party memories. Any anything stand out? Did anybody do anything like? Was there any moment was like, he he drank all the milk? <laughs> no, I don't think there were any like wild moments or anything. Like, you know, it's at the point where the memory is just like of good vibes. It's not really a hell yeah. Yeah, it's good vibes, good uh good times. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you have a secret that you just don't want to tell. Like, yeah, we killed a kid after West Side Story and yeah. we buried him in a shallow grave and swore to secrecy. Yeah, that's all funny, but we didn't do West Side Story. Good, we did. Ooh. Yeah. How many uh <laughs> ask the question. <laughs> how many how many kids there could do West Side Story? One. <laughs> P- P- Look, I am I'm only half uh in a bad place with that cuz I was officer Krupke. Oh yeah, you're good. So I'm good. I'm I'm a cop, so that's <laughs> fucked up, but uh Kids were legit getting spray tans. <laughs> like, kids, kids got spray tans to play the sharks. Uh, moving right along. That's, you know, 2011 was decades ago. Uh, I'm pretty sure the community theater near my college in rural South Carolina was about to do West Side Story right before the pandemic hit. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I think... People are still fucking up with that. Oh, yeah. It's... There's, like... Two rules when it comes to doing theater in a, in a, just doing theater in general. Mm-hmm. Don't make people different races. Yep. 
There's one rule when it comes to theater. <laughs> no follow-up rules. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. Um, we so yeah, one of the <laughs> Arth cast parties all got real off the rails real fast because specifically like me and my friends like stirred the pot a little bit. One of well, well here's a th- so two quick stories. One. Up until so, my freshman year was the last year that they allowed us for the final night cast party. We would play sardines in the high school after hours, like after the show was over. It'd be like nine o'clock. the The school is closed and all the lights are off, but they would allow us to run around playing sardines. Is like hide and go seek, but in reverse. For those of you that don't know, Um, like when you find someone, you you hide with them, and then everybody gets found by one person at the end, and Big burp. We would uh, we would do that in the high school, and they just had to put a stop to it because <laughs> we were we, we we were given carte blanche of this entire building, and the locks weren't that strong on the doors, so we were just <laughs> popping doors open, going into rooms. Kids were getting uh, you know getting a little intimate uh, here and there, Ooh. but yeah. Uh, so that happened. But then, like cast parties at people's houses, my senior year. We did one at my friend Troy's house, and it was a co-ed slumber party at the end of the cast Ooh. party because our senior class was super close, like the guys and the girls. Um, and so it was like, all right, senior guys and senior girls can spend the night because you know we've all known each other since we were like little kids. We trust each other, like our parents trust us. We're basically little adults now, and we watched the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, and. When I tell you, all of the girls, there was like, probably like five, six maybe, they, I have, to this day, I have never seen people cry as hard as I watched them cry. Scream wailing. Like this one girl, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. I I bet you love I'm telling this story. She's married now. Uh, (laughs) She, there's no way she listens to this podcast. She... We thought we needed to take her to the hospital. It was oh, like, come back to life. I mean, I get it. Like spewing snot and spit and tears. And it was all of them. They were wow. all this way. And this poor kid, like me and the other like actor guys, we kind of were like used to like them like screaming and yelling at us and stuff. So this was not that far of a step. But this poor kid who was like a like a, just a crew kid, like he just did like stage like like stagecraft stuff. Right. He hadn't been around them as much as we had. <laughs> he looked at me, this poor kid Dakota. He turns to me. He goes, "Is this real? <laughs> is, is this actually happening?" Um. So that's high school. I remember there was one cast party moment that I just thought of when you were mentioning watching Ghost. We watched Sunday School Musical. Oh. Yeah. There's a. Um, uh, a movie, as you could probably uh, infer, about a Sunday, like it, it's High School Musical, but High School Musical, but for Christians. And we watched it, and it was very disappointing. We were hoping it would be very bad. Yeah, you don't say. And it wasn't that bad. Fuck. <laughs> it was, <laughs> oh, it no. was. It wasn't good. Let me tell you, it wasn't good. Right, right, right. But it, but there weren't many moments to laugh at. It wasn't like the room. Interesting, because often 
media that's adapted specifically for a Christian audience is almost always bad. Yeah, it has to I've be. Seen. It has to be originally Christian, like right, uh, exactly, like uh, like Veggie Tales. Or... Yes, Veggie Tales is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so like it. It just makes it feel the whole like I think Hank Hill said like about Christian rock. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're not making uh, like. Uh, you're not making Jesus any cooler. You're just making rock music worse. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Cause that's the thing is I, there's some Christian media that I still love and stuff. And I have a lot of fond memories of the church and things like that, mm. but I don't think that they're un unlampoonable. I think it's right. very, I think they should be made fun of like everyone else. Um, but we don't have to talk about religion. Uh, what, what's your favorite uh, religion that you're uh, not a part of? What's your least favorite religion? All right, moving on. <laughs> How much time you got, brother? I'm from Missouri. <laughs> oh, no. That's, I just start to I grow a mullet. Um, <laughs> a Confederate flag comes out of my butt. Uh, so college. We'll talk about college a little bit. Overall experience. What was it like being in like a... You said it was like a smaller school. Like yeah. what sort of experiences did you get from being there that like can directly relate to like sort of what you're up to now? I think the biggest thing with a small with a small acting program is like you, you get on stage a lot. Mm-hmm. Like they have, they kind of force you on stage because they don't have anyone else to put on stage. So it's nice. You get a lot of actual like practical experience. And I meet some people in Chicago who went to college in Chicago, and that just sounds like a nightmare to me. I agree. Like I yeah. I I can't imagine all the growing and adapting you have to do in college. Like it was enough. That was enough on its own in an isolated area where no one else is doing what you're doing, but to be doing all that in the same city where some people are getting paid, you know, thousands of dollars to perform. I right. would not want to do that. Yeah. It's, it's a wild thought. Where did you, what was the name of your school? It's Coger university. Coger university. Coger university. That's funny. The name of the theater like the like the theater at my school, Missouri State, was the Coger Theater. Coger? Coger, yeah. Oh. What what are you saying? Coker. Coker. Like yeah. co- like like she like, like one like a her who does Coke. A coker. Yeah, like Coker. I uh, yeah. I be careful. <laughs> <laughs> careful now. <laughs> don't wanna get too edgy. That's right. We don't wanna we don't wanna get fun. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, well, that's interesting. That yeah, because I totally agree. The experience of being in a in an isolated like college environment is so much more conducive to learning, especially like an art form like acting. Right. Uh, yeah. So, and, and I definitely felt at some point I kind of felt like I kind of outgrew the town that it was in. Yeah, I think that's normal. Yeah, but that's good. You know, you want to you want to have a point where you're like, I'm ready to get out of here and then go to someplace bigger. Yeah, and you don't want to you don't want to graduate thinking. I'm not ready to leave. You want to graduate thinking, when the hell am I getting out of here? That's exactly how I felt. That's because like my school, I feel like a lot of people were professional college students Mm. and it was like way too, like their identity was way too wrapped. Their identity was way too wrapped up in being a BFA acting or musical theater major at Missouri State University. A lot of people, like, I was a little sad, you know, it's a fun time, it's college, like, it's never going to be like this again with these people in this moment, but I was always so, I was ready to leave, like, I was like, guys, like, senior year, I kept telling people, I'm like, guys, 
we came here to leave. Mm-hmm. Like we came here to leave here. It's like, like that's it's like thing. a it's like hinge. The dating app, yeah. Designed to be deleted. <laughs> okay, design, college design. <laughs> oh my god, that's good. Uh, yeah. So did you? So you got on stage a lot. There was a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate <laughs> at all, or? <laughs> yeah, guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, our school did a lot of you know older productions. Um, we they didn't. They dabbled in the you know, modern musicals like the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Of course. And our uh, musical theater, the director of our musical theater program was obsessed with Sondheim. Oh, dear. Which, you know, I am too now, mostly because of him. But so we did a lot of Sondheim stuff while we were there. Did you do Sweeney Todd? Oh, we did do Sweeney Todd. Were you Sweeney Todd? I was Sweeney Todd. Awesome. I did not know that, but I was yeah. hoping you would be a great Sweeney Todd. Senior year, I played Sweeney Todd, and that was the only time I played like the legit, like you know, no questions asked lead role of a show. That's fucking yeah. cool. It was, and that was part of like how it kind of felt like I had outgrown the you know the area I was in because you know I was a senior. Most of the people who were in the show, like we had a thin senior class, so by the time I was there, pretty much everyone was younger than me. Yeah, and it was a bit isolated because you know i have a lot more to do so everyone else is kind of like you know learns a, a few lines and is hanging out and i'm just like very very stressed out mm-hmm. yeah because you're 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 the show yeah <laughs> like yeah man that is so uh what was the line at last my arm <laughs> is complete again. again it's one of those when people say that there are no small roles or they'd rather have like a, a small role in a show it's one of those things that you don't really believe until like you've done like a like a big role like that and you're like, hey, I it's just as satisfying to get a few laughs in a scene that no one's gonna forget. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. That's how. So it's your experience playing Sweeney sounds a lot like my experience playing Bottom in Midsummer in college. Ooh, yeah. That was like I, I did that junior year, so it was like that junior year like. That was like kind of traditional at our school is like junior year you'd get a show mm-hmm. like a big role like the like a role in a show kind of for you. Right. And then senior year was like the uh like the and track. Like you know how like in big movies it's like star 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 and f- and like an mm. old star yeah. like and Mickey Rooney or whatever. Like that's what senior year kind of was. And a fun coincidence my school also did midsummer my junior year. Really? Were you in it? Yeah, it was Oberon. Oberon. And BCS. Yes, I did know this. Yes. Ah. Uh, yes. 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 Oberon. I would do that show again. That's one of the few too. shows I'm like I would play bottom for two years, like mm-hmm. on a tour or something. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, and then you graduated. What was the technical name of your degree? It was a, a BA in music with an emphasis in musical theater. Oh, you were a BA kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My BFA yeah. is showing. I liked learning other things too. <laughs> no, no, that's, uh, I hated that shit. There was like some like BFA supremacists at mm-hmm. my school. And coming from where I'm from, the dirt, yeah. um, I, 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 I was, I never really loved yeah. hearing that shit. Yeah. Um, I remember there was one point where I was like, you know, I too was like, this is BA. I would rather focus so much more on what I want to do. Yeah. And I kind of realized I can just do that. I'm just not being forced to do it. Right. So like, yeah, yeah. I, I have three hours of my day. I could go, you know, practice or, you know, 
spend time by myself working on stuff. That's awesome that you and know that. While I'm also being forced to take a Mandarin class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's very uh very big very uh mature of you to make oh, make that decision you. for yeah. yourself. Luckily, I will say at my school BFA students were still required to take a pretty hefty amount of gen eds, so mm-hmm. I still felt like it wasn't like a conservatory program or anything like right. that. Um So, yeah, uh well that's a very fun so yeah so did you feel like you got a lot out of college like do, are, are there things that you learned there that ring true to this day like whether it's like acting like knowledge or just practical life shit yeah i feel like both i learned uh, both practical and uh and on stage my professors were great there and i'm very glad i i'm very there was one point I was thinking about transferring because, you know, small school, small town. I was kind of tired of it, like my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when I had the realization that I really made my own experience. And Thank so you. I'm very glad I stayed. And because if I if I hadn't really gone through that thought process and I had changed schools, I would have been the same person at a bigger school. Yes. Thank you for saying that, because I feel like college theater programs, especially they are what you make it. Mm-hmm. Like you're either you can have a good time if you want to have a good time because at the end of the day the decree the decree the decree I said it twice fuck the degree <laughs> that is hanging on your wall is not going to get you a job you're right. going to get you a job so practice having a good attitude now mm-hmm. like it it's like I know some people have terrible experiences with a professor or a class or whatever the fuck but try to control what you can control because right. that's like the real world like the audition room the lines like the non-union calls like brutal places and you're not going to have that opportunity to sit there like no one's going to listen to you be like mm, maybe I'm going to transfer to a different career path is yeah. what you ultimately ended up doing yeah. uh so yeah that's uh no that's very true and yeah. also the whole because I almost transferred from Missouri State. I almost transferred to Juilliard. Oh. To Juilliard. The Juilliard I? School. Not even the Juilliard College. It's the right. Juilliard School. I'll say it again. Juilliard. I did I did a summer conference there after freshman year and like got to meet some of the faculty and like the head of like the acting program there. And we we just like really vibed i guess is is what you could say and they had like sent me all this stuff like here's like some audition like like notes and here's a link like like we'd we'd love to see you out or what all this stuff uh, so i w- i never officially got into juilliard or anything right. like that but the thought of auditioning potentially getting in and potentially transferring crossed my mind but i'm so glad i didn't i'm mm-hmm. so glad i didn't even attempt it because i got the perfect experience at missouri state because I wanted to like I yeah. like I got out of it like the professors are great the training is great and also I got to learn a lot about myself outside of the classroom right I, I think, think there's, there's a real baseline for your experience where like you know you have competent professors who care mm-hmm. and you have you know a decent amount of opportunities to get onto the stage and you know a certain level of toxicity is going to be there. Yeah. And you oh, get to a certain point where there's nothing you can do about it and you have to get out of the situation. Yeah. But most, the majority of the time you have a decent professor and you get to be on stage and from there on, you just have to build from there like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We had a shithead professor or two, but mm-hmm. that's just what happens. I guess right. folks are bad. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, like I said, I, I mean, at the beginning of the episode, I kind of asked like things that you're looking forward to. Um, I mean, you've 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 done some cool shit like post college, obviously the Second City stuff that we've done. You've done some like have you done like some summer stocky type things? I haven't done summer stock yet. No, no. Did you what um what what's like a bit like? Because I don't because we met 2018, I think. Had you had you done have you done any like productions or anything here in Chicago? Yeah, I've done a. There was a, a parody of The Matrix that I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I, I had to watch The Matrix for the first time a few months after they cast me in it because I hadn't seen The Matrix. Right. That was like a big, like, there was a lot. I saw that all over town. Yeah. Like, The Matrix parody musical, right? It was a musical, yeah? Yeah. And you played Morpheus? Yep. Amazing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And that was the first time I was in a room. Like, I, that was my first musical that I got paid to be in. And it was like I was in a room with all these people who, you know, people that people knew, mm-hmm. and it was uh, intimidating as hell. Yeah, <laughs> but you did it. Yeah, I did it, and you did great. Yeah, that's awesome. So, sort of coming to an end here. I know, I know, I know. Oh. You're so sad. It's, it feels like. Gilbert and Godfrey, the Gilbert and Godfrey podcast is brought to you by Cottonelle. Cottonelle, for when you're not ready to switch to a bidet. Oh, my God. (laughs) Thank you for that, Tyler. (laughs) Moving on to the final thing I'll ask, just like succinctly as you can, if you were to approach a younger version of yourself when you are at like sort of your most lost, your most directionless, you're walking around, you've lost your map, you don't know where to go. That could be elementary school. That could be middle school. That could be a month ago. What would, what advice would right now Tyler give to that Tyler? I'd say find a way to have fun. Uh Cause that's when I really got direction in my life was when I, you know, found a way to have fun. Like, uh, back in high school when I couldn't be on the tennis team because my grades were low. Yeah, you know, it was just a an avenue taken away from enjoying life. And I feel like the moment that I really got on the direction where I realized I could have fun while having uh, while being productive was when I was like, oh, I can do musical theater with my life. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm good at and something I have fun with. So just, you know, exploring the stuff that I can do and just finding a way to have more fun with it. Find your fun. Yeah. With Tyler Delocht. Am I saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Delocht. Uh, well, Tyler, you've been second to last place in a racing video game that <laughs> lasted eight hours. You've been Sweeney Todd. You've been by my side and I yours on stage at the Second City. But most importantly, you didn't peak. Folks, how about a big round of applause for Tyler? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming, buddy. All right. Of course. Goodbye. <laughs>